0: This is Michael Ausflank, welcome to O-Radio, where we explore individual and social transformation through collaborative action. I'm a psychotherapist with a transpersonal and somatic specialization. I'm also a transpartisan social entrepreneur and head instructor at Seal Fitz Unbeatable Mind Academy and executive coach at Spartan Seven. Today's show is brought to you by Cosper Scafidi, an amazing body worker in Northern Virginia who has integrated different somatic practices into his work including biodynamic and mechanical cranial therapy visceral manipulation, as well as neuromuscular and myofascial approaches into his rolfing work. You can learn more about Cosper's work at www.cosperscafidi.com. That's www.c-o-s-p-e-r-s-c-a-f-i-d-i.com. Today's guest is Chris Jones. He has 26 years of total military service, including in the Army, Air Force, and the Navy. He heard about floating while in Peru in 2016 and came back to the States and began building the Synergy Float Center in July of 2016 and opened in November of 2017. He also started a nonprofit called the National Float at Ford in November of 2018 and authored Floatosophy in June of 2019. He started Synergy Federal Services with a partner in summer of 2019 to help. Provide holistic healing modalities to local, state, and federal government organizations. How you doing, Chris? Good. Yourself? Uh, good. Good to see you. Thank you for taking the time to come here today. Certainly. Uh, and full disclosure, <laughs> uh, I love coming down here to float. Uh, it's uh, I've uh, my max is four hours, and I plan to do a six-hour float in the very near future. And I, as we talked offline, I've been floating since the '90s, and it's an amazingly powerful tool. And it's and I'm so glad you're here. And Alexandria, Old Town Alexandria. Um, talk to us a little bit about your military career. You know, it's, it's one thing to be 26 years in one branch, but you served in three branches, so can we start there? Right,
1: yeah, kind of a strange uh, uh, time frame I guess. But, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, there was nothing cooler than I was a combat engineer. They'd give me a bunch of C4, and I'd go out and blow stuff up, and, and that was cool when you're an 18-year-old kid, but by the time you hit about 20, Combat engineers sleep on the ground all the time and they're rucking and hiking everywhere. So, you know, life isn't very fun for them when they're uh, not blowing stuff up. So I remember hearing about the Air Force, how the Air Force has it so good. You know, they built the golf courses first and the runways second type. So quality of life in the Air Force was uh, the best is what I figured when I was a young guy. So I actually went to college at the, right around that same time too. Um, I stayed in the reserves through college in the Army, but then went through Air Force R T C and got commissioned in the Air Force. Uh, I became, uh, I was a, a banked pilot. Uh, basically I was a pilot all through my ROTC days and then right my senior year the Air Force kind of told me that that they, they had way too much pilots right then and there so the needs of the Air Force, they wanted me to go be a missileer, the guys who sit underground ready to launch missiles. Um, so wasn't my first job, but that's that was all gung-ho for the Air Force at that time so I agreed to it. Uh, but I really didn't think about this. The, they sent me up to this place called Minot, North Dakota, once I was trained. Um, and Minot was a great base. They did probably did build the golf course first and the runway second. But the problem was the climate up there, it's about winter, 10 months out of the year. Uh, my dad was Navy, and, and I didn't go Navy, at least initially, because I wanted to kind of be my own man and didn't want to. Be you know, the, my, my dad's kid all through the Navy. So I kind of waited for him to retire out of the Navy. And again, I was in the Air Force at the time. And, and I approached my Air Force officers about four years into my Air Force career and, and asked, uh, when am I going to get to go to flight school? And they pretty much said, yeah, we've got too many bank pilots in your, your group. You're not going to be able to go to flight school because we need to keep some missileers. So I asked, would you mind if I shop my aviation package around? And they said, no, not a problem. And so the Navy basically looked at my aviation pack and said, we'll, we'll bring you over to fly. So at this point I was 27 or almost 27, pushing the age limit to get into flight school. So I agreed to do an inter-service transfer and go to the Navy. I got zero training jumping from the Air Force to the Navy. And I was an 03 at the time. Um, so. It was like the dumbest 03 ever. I didn't even know how to wear a uniform. And, and I remember just a little thing in, in the Air Force, they, they, they say room, just like in the Army, room, tent hut, uh, to call a room for senior officers. And in the Navy, they say, you know, attention on deck. And I remember my first day in flight school when the CO came in, me being the senior guy in the class, it was my job to call the classroom to attention. And I said, room Ten Chun." And all the Navy guys kind of looked at me and were like, what the hell is going on? So at that point I realized I was a little bit in over my head. So I grabbed the youngest ensign in the class and said, okay, it's now your job to keep me from looking like an idiot uh, throughout my Navy career. So uh, flight school ultimately didn't work out. Again, I was the oldest person in the class. Uh, I gave myself a heart murmur and uh, out. Turns out I wasn't a very natural pilot either. Um, but I was so stressed out, I gave myself a heart murmur. And like my final stages, just before I was winged, they found this heart murmur and, and it's unwaverable. So the chief of naval aviation pretty much called me in and said, Sorry, you're not going to be able to fly for us, but you're a great officer and I want to keep you in my Navy. What else would uh, keep you in? And at that time, I dabbled in intelligence when I was in the Air Force and it was tough to be, become an intel officer. Uh, but he's like, I'll make a few calls. And so I transitioned to Intel and, and Intel was more of a natural fit for me. And I probably, I made it, I retired as an 05 and I probably wouldn't have made it past 04 if I stayed an aviator. Cause again, I wasn't a very good aviator. It wasn't natural to me. Um, so it was a blessing in disguise. I was crushed at the time, but that was kind of like my first life lesson when it's like, Hey, you just got to sit back sometimes and let life happen and not get so distraught about it. So, so that's kind of how I ended up in all three of the services. <laughs> And then you found yourself in Peru in uh, in beginning of the year of 2016. Yeah, so I retired in March of 16 um, and I had a job working at the Pentagon as a military contractor. a double dip, you know, make two paychecks uh, during my terminal leave and whatnot, but uh, right the last day of just before my retirement, my civilian company that hired me said, hey, we've talked to our bosses and we're not fully comfortable with you starting until you're fully out of the Navy. So you've got a job waiting for you, but we'll see you in about 90 days. I was like, damn it! I'm not gonna be able to double dip anymore. Again, it was all about making the money at that point. So I stayed at home about a week on my couch and said, "Let me try what true retirement life is gonna be like." And I was driving myself absolutely crazy because I was so bored. So I basically thought to myself, "What have I always wanted to do that I never had time to do?" And it was, you know, either hike the Appalachian Trail or the Incan Trail, part parts of it. Um, so I decided I was gonna go down to Peru and hike, hike parts of the uh, Incan Trail, and it was it was an awesome trip. I mean, Peru opened a lot for me. Um, I hiked from, uh, Cusco to Machu Picchu and, uh, you know, while hiking the trail, I met all these new age people, people that I would have never normally associated with being in the military. Um, and we became good friends and almost like my army days when you're hiking everywhere and sleeping on the ground, you know, misery loves company. So people tend to open up and talk about their problems. And so at this time too, and i also been to the VA and the VA said I had some PTSD issues and a uh, traumatic brain injury, uh that I knew it, I'd suffered, but I thought it kind of healed itself and wasn't there anymore, but they were like, you still got some of the effects of that. So that kind of threw me for a loop and, and the VA solution was a pharmaceutical one, which I didn't want to go down. So, so a lot of these new age, ages were talking about holistic healing and holistic health. and Yeah, I, I always thought it was hoopla at that point, but I listened to them and the more we hiked and the more we were in misery together, you know, it started to sink in deeper and deeper and deeper. So, uh, so Peru was truly eye-opening for me. And again, almost like my pilot days, I was trying to fight it at first. I, I didn't want to take time for myself when I retired. I wanted to go in and get the almighty buck and just keep working. But, uh, and I was crushed when I couldn't do that, so, but life kind of happens for a reason. And, and once I stopped and, and listened and, and kind of did what life was pulling me to do, which was to go to Peru and kind of get a new change on my viewpoint on life, uh, it all kind of worked out. Wow, so <clears throat> same.
0: So, love Peru, mind and heart wide open, new ways of seeing the world, new paradigms, different than your 26 years in the military. Talk about how that transitioned to creating the Float Center.
1: Well, when I was down in Peru, again, hanging out with know, these new-agers, cu- telling them what was going on in my life, the problems that I had, this PTSD thing. Um, a lot of them, like, hey, you should try this floating thing. Of course, I'd never heard of floating before, and I considered myself a pretty smart guy. I mean, you know, I was an intel officer, right? So I was. I was like why haven't I heard of this floating thing before and it kind of stuck in my mind and it wasn't just one person telling me it was multiple people telling me so and there was no float centers in Peru so I had to wait till I came back to actually try it so when I first came back to the states that was my first thing that I did was I went to Hope Floats in Bethesda Oh, nice! and nice. I floated there because that was the only commercial center around okay. and I floated my first time and I started working back up again at this pentagon job and I remember I scheduled my float for like five thirty. I wasn't thinking about it much but going from the pentagon to Bethesda isn't Long as the crow flies, but traffic between the two is just horrendous, and I was right in the middle of rush hour, and and traffic's one of the things that gets my nerves fired up, makes me real frustrated, and the anxiety starts to kick in for my PTSD and all that. Um, And I just remember getting to Hope Floats, and I was so mad, I was so frustrated, I was like, "There's no way this is gonna help," but you know, I paid my money, I got my reservation, I'm gonna do it anyway. So I floated, and the float was an hour long, and I. I remember coming out of the float, I was like, oh my God, I feel amazing, this is awesome. It did work and I couldn't believe it worked. But not only did it work right there getting out of the float tank, I got back into my car and I was driving home. I'm still in Russia, it's about 6.45 at this time. And my behavior was different. People were still cutting me off on the road, still doing all the things that made me so mad going there. But this time I was kind of reacting different. I wasn't getting all worked up. I was like, hey, it's not personal against me. They were obviously in a hurry. Why not let them be in a hurry? I'm not in a hurry right now. I'm, I'm on this float clothes. So, so I was like, I'll just sit back. And I, I didn't get mad. I was like, so when I, when I analyzed this whole thing after the fact, I was like, wow, there's really something to this floating thing. So over the next couple of days, I started visiting a bunch of float centers in the area. At that time, there was one in Annapolis. so I went up to Annapolis and floated there. Went up in Frederick, Maryland called Float Frederick. I went up there and floated there. And there's one out in Reston um, and I, that's called Home Floats. And I went and floated there. Um, So I did this at a commercial facility about four or five times and was like, man, I'm really hooked on this floating thing. Um, I'm one of these guys that likes to go all in. And again, I I wasn't taking any meds for the PTSD or treating any of that, but the floating seemed to keep all that at bay. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would even notice it. Um, I started quickly realizing that I like to float in the mornings. It kind of gives me energy. A lot of people... Some people make them tired and they want to go to sleep afterwards, but for me, it gave me energy. So, and I was taking the Metro into work a lot of times. And for me, just a crowded Metro car would start to set off my PTSD symptoms. And I noticed that if I floated first, like showed up at one of these centers at dark 30 in the morning, floated first, and then went into work, I could be on the most crowded metro car ever, real tight like sardines. and People could be around me with all these crazy looking backpacks and I'm thinking there's all these devices in there, but I really didn't care, right? That would drive me crazy before uh, because that's kind of where my mind goes in all these things. But, uh, but I wouldn't care after a float. So I was like, there's something really to this. So I invested in what they call a Zen float tent. It's like a home version. Mm-hmm. It's about four, five hundred, four thousand, five thousand bucks. I think. Uh, I live here in Old Town, so I don't have a very big house, but I did have a spare bedroom and got rid of the queen size bed and put this Zen float tent in place of the bed, and I started floating three times a week. You know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in my own house. You know, before I would go into work, and it, again, it kind of changed my life. I've been on high blood pressure, high cholesterol meds all my life, it's hereditary, bad genes from my parents and whatnot, but then I went to see my doctor, and I said, doc, you're not going to like this very much, but something in my body was telling me to stop taking the blood pressure and cholesterol meds, so I have, and initially the doctor got mad at me and said, you can't do that, I was like, well, let's run some tests and see what happens, and sure enough, all my numbers came back in the healthy range, and, and, and it was the floating that was kind of doing it for me. So, I was like, there's so much to this floating thing, it's amazing. So, I, at that point, again, I floated often and a lot. And, like you said, you have be on a couple hours in a float tank. The nice thing about having, you know, I've crawled into it on a Friday night expecting to do a quick float before I was going to go out and hang out with friends to, you know, make me better in the social environments or whatnot. But then, you know, I fall asleep in there and I end up being in there all night. And I wake up the next morning after eight or nine hours and it's like, oh, I just feel almost like a new person. It's so refreshing. So, uh, So, yeah, floating is amazing. Um, And then one day I was sitting in my float tank at home and floating off with inspiration and creativity and it's never been a bucket list of mine to own my own business or or do anything like that. And actually running a business kind of scared me because I knew nothing about it, but it was revealed to me during a float that hey, maybe you should think about opening a float center and bringing this to others. So that kind of started the process going, again, I'm a smart guy, so I started analyzing a bunch of data and information, went back to school, got an MBA so I could figure out how to run a business. And and luckily I picked a good enough program, that day one everybody came up with, most of them were theoretical businesses, but the instructors were like, hey... Everybody come up with a business idea, and then we're going to use that as the project throughout your entire MBA program, and we're going to build it from zero all the way to, you know, finalizing. And again, most of them were theoretical, but mine was real. So taught me how to build a business plan, taught me how to get financing. Every aspect, build out, everything was kind of part of the program. And and I leveraged my instructors and my other students to bounce stuff off to to get this business right. So that's why I took, I think, I started... Then went back to school to get my MBA around July of 16, and we opened November 17, and it was a year-long MBA program. So it kind of took me about a year, year and a half to finally get it off the ground and run it. Wow,
0: great story. So you 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 have other things here besides float tanks, and you have different kinds of float tanks. Can yes. you talk a little bit about some of the sure, sure. tools and equipment you have? So had once had.
1: floating rocked my world, I was like, And number one, I'd never heard of it before, so I was like, how ignorant have I been over these past couple years? So I started looking around at all this other stuff that's out there on the new age side of the house. And once I started looking at it, again, at that point I was kind of hooked, so I invested a lot of money in buying a lot of these things, and I put them in my house and friends and family's house, and I started trying them all, and starting to allow friends and family to try it all, too. Um, There's one thing I got, it's called the Magnusphere, it's magnetic resonance therapy. It looks like a very uh, high-tech chair. It generates magnetic fields around your body, and you just kind of sit in the middle of those fields. And those fields are tailored to target specific things. There's about 300 things that they can target, but one of them is PTSD, so. I did the PTSD protocol and this thing wasn't cheap, it was about $25,000, so we're talking a pretty big investment here. Uh, but I tried the PTSD protocol with it and it was amazing, kind of rocked my world. And and my sister, friends and family all went through it and everybody else said the same thing. They're like, I'm not really sure how that thing works, but it just makes me feel better. So I was like, is in. So I've got magnetic res- resonance therapy and I think I'm the only center around here that has it. I think there's one up in New York is the closest one and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and then uh, they have a float conference every year that they hold, and all the float center owners from across the country get together, and they talk about you know what's going on in the industry. And a lot of retailers go there and try to sell their goods, and this one person had this acoustical sound bed that you lay down on, and the bed vibrates with special music, and it's designed to optimize your, your body's frequency. And again, the more I read about the natural holistic way of healing, they, they, they claim we're all just a vibration is really what we are when, when you pick get down to the bottom of it. So if your vibration is off, nothing you do in life is going to be as good as it can be, whether that's sitting at home reading a book or whether that's running a marathon. So this bed was designed to you know optimize your vibration. So and I tried it, and I liked it. It was good. They also had a PTSD protocol. Um, so I was like, oh, that bed's in. The Women tend to react to that bed more so than men. I mean, I, I get off and I'm like, oh, I feel better. It feels good. But women get off and they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're just more in touch with their vibration than maybe men are and can feel their, their vibration increasing um, as they're on it. So that was like the second thing that made the cut other than floating. And then I found this light at the float conference. There were two lights there. One's called a Lucia light, another one's called a Pandora Star. Um, Pandora Star is kind of the cheaper version of the Lucia. Um, and at that point I was opening a business you don't cash out everywhere. So I tried both lights and, and I didn't get much difference between them, so I decided to go with the cheaper version. So we have the Pandora Star in the center. And that's kind of a light, slight therapy. You don't look directly at it, but you look at it through your eyelids and it kind of flashes with different colors and frequencies and and uh, time intervals. And it kind of stimulates this gland in our brain called the pineal gland, which modern science doesn't really understand why we have it. There's rumors out there that the fluoride in our water and our toothpaste is calcifying it, which is why people are losing touch. But they seem to think that this pineal gland is you know, very important to, to who we are as, as, as people, right? So this light stimulates that. Um, and so I was like, ooh, that's good too. And, and so I started off doing these things all by themselves, but then I slowly started incorporating them with floating as well. Again, I had a Zen float tent at home, so it was easy to do that. And then I would find that my float experience was just be overall increased by doing all this stuff. Infrared sauna is another thing. I found I put one in my house and I started Doing the infrared sauna before i floated it felt like it kind of opened up all my pores and helped get rid of a lot of the bad stuff and then when i got in the float tank i was all nice and clear and purified and ready to go and have some real real good mental experiences in the tank and, and i found out i didn't realize it but we never get enough magnesium as humans in our bodies and so magnesium salt is kind of what's in the tank so with having all your pores open from the sauna you just absorb all that magnesium and it's super healthy for you so quickly on, I realized that I wasn't just going to own a float center. I was going to be more of a wellness center. Um, There's two trains of thought, though, when you talk to, you know, hardcore float center owners. One are all just about the float. They only have float tanks. Others are like, oh, we need multiple modalities because people are different. Um, And in in those lines, there's also multiple float tank manufacturers out there. One of the things I realized early on going through business school is I didn't want three different manufactured tanks because when something, you have to have three Different parts for one piece that breaks on these things because they're all made different, differently. So I decided I wanted one manufacturer that had variety of tanks and sizes. Um, when I was going to all those commercial centers, they all only had the same type, the same type of tank. So you were forced to kind of float in those tanks. Um, most of them were like coffin looking type things that, that on the outside I mean if you're claustrophobic you look at that thing and say there's no way I'm going to get into it I'm not claustrophobic so I had no problem getting into it but I realized a lot of people were so I wanted three different varieties of tanks because everybody's different so I went with a I have a float pod which is a little clamshell looking thing that if anybody's on the internet looks up floating you'll probably see a pod because they're they're all over the internet. Then I have a float cabin, which is about the size of a king-size bed that has four walls around it and a ceiling. ceiling's got fake stars, so it's much bigger than the pod. Um, and in the cabin, you can kind of float any way you want. I mean, if you wanted to be like the Da Vinci Man with your arms and legs spread, you could float in the cabin. And, and you'll find if you ever start floating that everybody's different so we all have different positions that we like to get comfortable and the cabin's kind of nice because it'll let you experiment and find that right position. Then I have an open room. It's the same size as the cabin. It just doesn't have any walls or ceiling around it the whole room kinda of goes dark to give you the sensory deprivation feeling. You get the same sensory deprivation experience in all three of the tanks, but it's really just a personal preference of, of who goes in and uses what. And uh, me being an avid floater, I float in all three of them, mm-hmm. and I've got, there's benefits about each one that I really like, so, and I like the fact that I don't have to float in the same tank every time I can kinda of mix it up. Um, so if you're claustrophobic, don't let that scare you floating. Just find a float center that's got some bigger tanks and we can even do couples floating in some of those bigger tanks. And and again, I'm not a big fan of couples floating. I think floating is a solitary thing, but I get why people would want to do it. At least their first time together, there's a safety net there. If you're in the tank with somebody you know about and you're nervous about doing something, it's nice to have a buddy there to, you know, help you get through it. But most couples come out of their first float together and they're like, that was awesome, but yeah, we want to do it separately next time so it gives a lot of variety uh, the different types of float tanks so
0: what kind of clientele what, what do people usually come here with to deal with that they want to float specifically
1: so in business classing you know they always try to tone in know your clients get your clientele down as age or or uh, race or sexual male female type thing uh, you know for that's the beauty of floating it's like all inclusive there isn't really one One size fits all. I get 18 year old kids, you know, that want to float. I also get people that are 75, 80 years old that are floating and I get everybody in between. You know, everybody's got stress and you know, I'm not a doctor, but I think stress is kind of the silent killer. It affects all of our bodily functions. If you're walking around in that fight or flight mode all the time, you know, it's kind of a closed system. So if you're in fight or flight, that's taken away from your rest and relaxation, which is the opposite side of that nervous system. Um, and you know your cells begin to break down again I think that's what causes cancer and a lot of these other diseases it's just too much stress it's just taking a toll on your body so that's the beauty of floating is at the end of the day it really helps people relieve stress and uh, and you'll notice it the first time you get in a float tank I mean um, so, and so everybody's got it, so basically everybody can float. Again, the biggest reason I get why people can't is they think they'll be claustrophobic, mm-hmm. they're worried about the cleanliness of the water or anything like that. And if you look at our reviews online, you know, we pride ourselves on how clean we are. All my tanks, uh, you know, clean the water at least three full times between the floaters. We shoot it with UV light, we put hydrogen peroxide in there. And just the salinity that we have the water itself, I mean, in order to be able to float, pretty much the water's got to be fully saturated to its saturation point of salt. I mean, I tell people, if I had a 15-pound bowling ball and dropped it in the tank, it would float. And that's kind of what people do effortlessly. So there's not many things that can live in salt. So so between that and, uh, you know, I get my water tested uh, every 90 days by an independent water company. And I also take a glass of the drinking water that comes out of the tap here in in Old Town, and I send that off as well. Of course, it's a blind test, so the people testing it don't know which is which. But my tank water comes back cleaner than the drinking water each and every time, which... I mean, the Alexander drinking water is not very good to begin with, so it's probably not a good benchmark. But that's what I tell people. It's like, hey, you're probably drinking dirtier water than you're floating in. So if you're worried about the, the cleanliness of something and get clean freaks, that's the, the biggest thing I get is that they think it's not going to be clean. But we are super clean. Um, and so the claustrophobia. So, again, everybody can float. And can just take the time and get over it. Some people view it as like a hippy-dippy, you know, new age thing. And it's really not. You know, you'll find professional athletes are floating there's all kinds of visualization techniques that they can do to become better athletes and of course floating, as we all get older, you know, we get aches and pains. The more even the most routine things that we do. Like I used still love to play football, but my mind thinks I'm still an eighteen year old kid sometimes and every time I play football I overdo it and I, I feel like I can barely move for a couple of days after playing football. But if I come in and float right after playing football, I'm right back to normal. I don't even feel those aches and pains. So anybody can benefit there.
0: Nice. So what I hear you saying is f- for anxiety and stress, for you specifically PTSD, um, for athletes who want to do guided imagery and, and, and visualization practices, obviously with the, I think it's like 98% Epsom salt solution, the magnesium, that relaxes the muscles. Uh, what are the kind of benefits have you heard from your clients who use your tanks? Well,
1: I was kind of inspiration, creativity. I mean, that's kind of what led me down this business path. So I, and I get a lot of clients that come in, you know, they've got writer's block. I had one guy, He got out of a float like fifteen minutes early and ran out of here, and I was like, "Oh, what happened? What happened during your float?" He's like, "Oh, nothing happened. It was the greatest float ever. I just got an idea and broke my writer's block, and I just want to get (laughs) on and start writing on it." So, and and so if you look at you know as you float, it helps you look at things a little bit differently. So it helps with that inspiration, creativity, and lets you solve problems. Things in your life that you thought you couldn't get over that were insurmountable, a float's going to cause you to kind of look at it. And you're going to come up with a, some clarity that in a pathway that's going to lead you to be able to accomplish whatever it is that you thought you couldn't have accomplished. Uh, and also, again, a lot of anxiety, stress. I tell the students, you know, you got a big test coming up, an SAT type test or ACT type test that's going to you think is going to influence your entire life. You know, again, I would step back. To, again, I told you I wasn't a good pilot. I was crushed when I couldn't become a pilot but same thing with the ACTs or the SATs so you don't get into the school you wanted to get into life is going to move on and it's probably for a reason but the anxiety of taking that test is going to help through floating um, that anxiety is going to go away if you got to give a big speech or a presentation in class you know floating is going to help with that um, there's I get parents to bring their kids in that have autism right Really. and they oh. they, they float with their kids in the tank and and before a before float, the kid's very anxious. You know, his hands are constantly moving. He's got a lot of energy and they're, he's just so calm coming out of the float tank and their parents, similar, when I first floated, I told you Rock my world, their parents saw how their kids had reacted at, that had autism after a float. They're just like, wow, this is amazing. So now they're regular and they bring their kids back. So I think floating's for everybody. I mean, we're all humans and floating kind of makes you forget that you're human and make you look at things from a different perspective, which we don't get as humans a lot us and we're all about self and, and again back to the nervous system getting into that rest and relaxation thing is a huge important piece to, to getting well and your whole body needs it so whether you think you need it or not uh, i think everybody does right?
0: right on so besides the the float center that you have here in old town alexandria you also have a um, non-profit national floated ford can you talk a little bit about your um, yeah, so,
1: so I worked that contracting job at the Pentagon for about three years after I retired, 2016 to about twenty back in March of 2019. Uh, and I only worked it for that long because they were paying me a lot of money, and the biggest hurdle to opening a new business is cash flow. So I wanted to make sure I was had the cash flow, but I was really killing myself. I was burning it at both ends. You know, I'd work at the Pentagon Monday through Friday and then at the float center during the weekends. Uh, but once I quit that job in March, again, I was much happier and healthier, but I said, hey, I'm all in on this float thing. I was very frustrated with the, my experience with the VA that, that their solution for me was only a pharmaceutical one and therapy, uh, both of which didn't really work for me, which just sent me down to this path, of going to Peru and all that sort of thing. So it's always been a goal of mine to get the VA to recognize that floating can help a lot of people. And so they I personally believe the VA should help pay for the floating. Right now, everybody's got to come out of pocket and pay. Um, that's the biggest hurdle. Um, so I, this nonprofit was kind of a, a solution to help people not pay for it, but also get people the float experience. So I was young and naive, and I created this nonprofit, and I thought if you build it, they will come type thing. So donations have been pretty light on the nonprofit. We've got about fifteen people floating around the country, and none of them are floating here at my center because I was real big on conflict of interest. So I didn't want people to think mm-hmm. that I was starting this nonprofit to feed myself. I don't generate any revenue from the nonprofit. It all money strictly goes to, to to get people floating. We partner with local float centers. So if a veteran or first responder signs up and they're from Pensacola, Florida, I'm gonna get their zip code and I'm gonna find their closest float center and, and I'm gonna have a conversation with that float center owner and say, hey, I've got a guy, I wanna pay for his floats. You know, I like a discount I obviously the more I can save the, yep. the launch more I can stretch the non-profit out so so they t- tend to give me a discount you know we bring the people into flow we normally start with three floats and see how they react and then have a conversation and if they're like me and floating you know, really changes their life, we can you know, start them on a monthly plan to get them floating. And it's really how much time that they can commit to floating and how often they need it. Everybody's different. I didn't want to have a cookie cutter solution for this because I realized everybody's different. Some people float their first three times and they're like, yep, not for me, and they move on to something else. But the fact that they didn't have to pay for it and it was a tool given to them, is beneficial and and that's really what I thought the VA should do should give you a whole list of tools that work everybody's different and and I'm not naive enough to think that floating is for everybody but there's other good therapies out there horse therapy I've heard good things about oxygen therapy Uh, so there's all things out there that will work for people and the VA I think should pay for people to find the right thing for them and not just give them a pharmaceutical solution so that's kind of why I started the non-profit I hope it's short lived I think it'll go away once the VA does Start paying for it. I'd like to see regular insurance start paying for it for other people as well. Although I've been told by a lot of people that it's probably wish I don't want because medical insurance only pays a certain amount for certain things and and so folks and Arnold's will have to you know charge less to to meet the insurance requirements. I think I don't know, but it'll get more people floating. And I'm not your traditional business owner that's a business to make money. I'm in business to, you know, help people. It's nice that I have a pension. That That's where I get the majority of my income from. And I'm only at the float center like two days a week. So and I only really work here just to interact with the clients because that's my favorite part of, you know, being in a float center. So, and as you alluded to continuing on with this thing. Once I got this nonprofit up and running, I was also fielding calls from a couple of the local bases that were saying, Hey, we want to try to get this floating thing. And um, so I decided to, uh, to Open a contracting business. Uh, Again, I consider myself a smart guy and I knew nothing about contracting, so I actually have a business partner on the contracting side who's somebody who also owns a wellness center in DC. Civilian though, he's never been in the military, but he has been in government contracting for over 10 years, so we kind of partnered together and created our own government contracting business and the space is health and wellness. Synergy Federal Services is a, kind of what we do and so if, if and right now we've got a couple of contracts to teach you good local VA hospitals around the country uh, that's kind of the VA's first step into this holistic modality stuff I think they're taking it slow but eventually I think they will get there and embrace floating and eventually bring it to everybody and and again, we're a contracting business, so if the VA wants to build their own float center and put people through it, I can do that for them. Or if they just wanna partner with other local float centers, I can also set, th- set something up for them too. So, nice. but yeah, floating just changed my life so much that I kinda went all in on all this, floating, in, I see that. this floating aspect of everything, so. And uh, you also have a book? Yeah, I created this book called uh Floatosophy. It's basically philosophy and floating together is kinda I created that word. It's pretty much an interactive guide to help people get the most out of their float experience. I found working in the center those days that I was working here, I'd get the same questions over and over. Hey, I'm having a hard time quieting my mind in the tank, or you know, every minute it seems like it's an hour in the tank. Again, a hard time quieting my mind. So I'd give people different techniques of how to you know get over that, and mm-hmm. get through it. And I'm not much of an author, so I wanted somebody else to write this journal. So I floated it to a bunch of other people that were in the floating business, and nobody seemed to take do a take on it. And then once I started the nonprofit and proceeds weren't coming in, it kinda of came to me through floating that maybe I should, you know, draft this journal and all proceeds of that journal go to support the nonprofit. So that's why people are floating right now because other floats and the the, the journal itself doesn't mention my float center in it at all. It's just a general hmm. journal. So other float centers around the country are slowly starting to sell them, give them to clients. And it truly does kind of give you your own tips and traits. I don't like being preached to a lot, so I don't want people telling me do this or do that. So this journal's it's your own pace, you know, you take what you want out of it and don't take what you want. It, You know, it gives you a generalized personality testing before you start floating that's it's super generic but you kind of go through and see what you are and then you take the same test after your third float. And you'll see that the numbers show you that, that you kind of changed, right? So that kind of motivates you to keep going and, and keep moving. So that's kind of the whole, the point of the journal is to kind of add in, you know, I stress the fact that it's important to journal to write stuff down after each float so you kind of remember what came. I find for me I get little bits and pieces of something that at the time I don't really understand what it is or how it fits together with greater stuff in life called serendipity. But then four or five days later something happens and I go, oh, that goes back to this thing I was thinking about in the float. And so it slowly all comes together and I find if you keep a journal you can kind of track that stuff a little bit better. And, and again, once you get down the road you can kind of see how much you've changed. That's awesome. So
0: let's walk through each one. Someone's interested in setting up a float or some of the other tools you have here at the Synergy Flow Center, how can they find out more to set up an
1: appointment? So we have a website, www.synergyfloatcenter.com. You can go on there and you can book. Or you can call us. We Our phone number is 571-319-0355. We have a staff that's here uh, six days a week. We're closed on Tuesdays. We do a deep cleaning day, so we may or may not answer the phone that day. But we're happy to call and set up an appointment for you. An appointments, our baseline here is about an hour. However, we can customize floats. So I mean, you floated here. You did a three-hour float here, I believe, right? Four. Four-hour <laughs> float here. So, yeah, if, do a three-hour float, four-hour float, five-hour float, even an overnight float. You know, we've got protocols in place that we can accommodate that. Um, if you only want to do 30 minutes, we can also accommodate that. Although I discourage most people from doing 30 minutes. There's a there's some logistics involved with floating and that you have to take two showers and, and it takes some time to get used to the environment. So if you only do a 30 minute float, by the time you get in and get comfortable and you're like, oh, this is really nice, your 30 minutes is up and it's time to go. So floating gets easier the more you do it. I tell most people, uh, you know, three is kind of the magic number for most people where it all kind of comes together. Every float kind of builds on itself and gets better and better and better. Um, so, and as I mentioned earlier, some people are, get energy from floating, others kind of get tired afterwards. So you, so I would probably schedule your first one in the evening just in case you get tired because you don't want to be dragging all day. But then if it gives you energy, then reschedule your floats for the morning, your subsequent floats, or, or stay in the evenings if it makes you tired. Um, you also have
0: a little sales section. You saw some interesting products.
1: Yes, so uh, well, I, I wanted to just Finished my last shirt. I got some more after I stopped talking there. So, and again, I talked about these other center too. I urge everybody to go slow. I get some people that come in and they want to try everything all at once. You know, I tell people, you give me four hours, I'll make you walk out of here a new person. But, Everybody's different. So like the infrared sauna may and float may pair well for you, but it may not for somebody else. And then you're just wasting your time and energy paying for that infrared sauna if it doesn't do much for your float. Or same with the magnetosphere the Pandora star. So once you like floating, then I'm like, okay, come in and try the sauna by itself and see what you think. And maybe the magnosphere by itself and the star by itself. And then if you like those by themselves, now you can start pairing stuff to just kind of enhance your experience. So uh, again, once I got in, I was strictly Western medicine when I was in the military. I didn't believe in a lot of this stuff. So once I got into this and I kind of pride myself that everything I put in the center has got my stamp of approval on, I know it worked for me. I didn't want to be seen as a snake oil salesman. Very important to me to be authentic. Um, But I realized that just because it worked for me doesn't mean it works for everybody. So that's kind of the same logic I have on my retail stuff that I sell. You know, I've got into CBDs. Um, For me, it was zero THC being ex-military. I wanted, and there's not, since it's not regulated by the FDA, there's not many out there that'll guarantee you zero THC. So I found a company that kind of will, and so that's kind of the CBD oil I, I sell. CBD helps me sleep, floating helps me sleep, but the oil helps me sleep on the nights that I'm not floating. Um, you know, I've gotten to the salt lamps, you know, salt is super healthy for you. And the more I float, the more I realize how valuable salt is and, and the salt lamps, you know, in today's environment right now with the coronavirus going around and everything else, salt gets into the air and kills all the, the bacteria, the bad things in the air, so it helps your immune system. And, and so, salt lamps and candles and, and all these kind of things that just help, you know, bring health and happiness into our lives. Um, I've got a little voice recording thing that's that's a pretty unique thing that uh, um, the more I read, it kind of says your your voice is kind of tied to your soul and your everybody's voice is as unique as their fingerprints. Um, and so uh, and we don't he- we hear voices as sound, but our voices all have a frequency. And if you can tie into that frequency, it'll help you heal better just by listening to your own voice because you've got some deep down pent-up stuff inside of you that comes out in your voice. So I've got a program that turns your voice into a frequency. And the people that make it recommend twenty four, twice a day, and it's about 24 minutes in length. You can listen to it in your car. You can listen to it anywhere, really, that you can normally listen to music. I remember the first time I listened to mine, I called the lady back who had me try it. And I was like, I don't think this works because I can't stand it. This The sound is just super annoying. And she was like, yeah, that's because you've got some stuff deep down inside of you that you probably don't even know is there that you're not happy with. I'm like, really? She goes, keep listening to it. In about a week, you're going to find it become very soothing. And sure enough, she was right. It became very soothing. And she's like, you've got over that deep, dark stuff. And it was very painless. All I had to do was listen to this annoying music for a little bit, which turned into you know good music. And, and so it wasn't like I had to go to a gym and work out hard to get out all these demons. They just kind of disappeared. So it's kind of a beautiful thing. I did try it in a float tank w- once, and it was kind of overwhelming, though. Mm. And, and I think you're... Your intuition kind of opens up so much just from the float experience that when you're opening up with something else like like frequency music like that that's tailored to you that it just kind of overwhelms mm. you i'm going to continue to try that though because i think eventually it'll work but 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 it did i urge people to go slow uh, with this voice thing you also have a muse yep so i've never been a good meditator i tell people floating is almost like meditation on steroids so that's also why I like floating. I still can't really meditate that good, but I do sell a Muse, which is a little uh, device that actually goes in and can measure your brain waves as you're wearing it. it kind of, It's kind of a game. You listen to nice music, and every time your brain gets into that Zen mode for meditation, you kind of hear birds in the background. And the more birds you get, the better better meditator you are, and it slowly trains you. Like first time I did it, I think I got six or seven birds in about a 15 minute span. But the second time I did it, I was getting eight or nine and it slowly builds and you get up to the point where in a a normal 15, 20 minute session, uh, you'll have a lot of birds. I use it for those people though, that want empirical data when they float. Mm -hmm. So, So I bring people in and we'll put them on the headband first before they float how many birds they get and then after their float we put the same headband on them and see how many birds they get and they get so many more birds after their float so it kind of shows these people that need this empirical data that that floating has actually done something for me we also track you know heart rate variability as well like put a little thing on your finger before a float track your hrv before you go in and then put that same thing on your finger after your float and you'll see your heart rate variability's got much better you can see blood pressure has gone down so so we've got these little Biometric things that mm-hmm. you put on people that, that need that. I'm the opposite though. I'm one of these people that I don't necessarily need to know how everything works. I just know it works, and, and I like it for that reason. But as you know, as a business owner, I want to be able to accommodate all right. types of people.
0: Of and uh, if people are interested in supporting your nonprofit,
1: so the nonprofit is www.nfifa.org. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's the it's really the abbreviation of the National Florida Forward Association is what it stands for. That was N F ifa.org. That website would just be way too long if I had to spell it all out. So I just went with the abbreviation. But there's a, you know, there's information on the website. If you're a veteran, the so the nonprofit helps uh, active military veterans, first responders, and their immediate families. So if you fall into any of those categories, you could go to the website and sign up. Um, again funding right now is low, so I'm trying to triage everybody, so I'm going to reach out to you and ask what's going on in your life, and and if you've got some real bad stuff going on, I'm probably going to bump you to the top of the list and want to get you floating first. my goal is to have everybody who signs up floating i've probably got about 250 people right now Mm. signed up around the country i'm working with other larger nonprofits like wounded warrior project and some other things that help that same group of people but but they're so wide and all the help they provide we're just a short little neat niche that that i'm like hey i've got the float industry down you know just throw some money at me and i'll just get people floating so it's that's kind of where our focus is at but but there's also a donate button on there too so if you just want to donate um, you can hit that donate button and we'll get the money and like I said there's me and three other board members we're all volunteers at this point we're not paying salaries nobody's getting we're all volunteering our time so so pretty much every money you give us is going to get people floating at other float centers around the country nice. so. and if people want to get your book so the book you can also get it on that website you can also get it in the float center um, and you can get it on Amazon so the cheapest though in the float center um, I think it's on Amazon for twenty four ninety nine. We sell it for nineteen ninety nine in the float center. If you're around the country, there's other float centers that have this book in their their center as well. Um, you might be able to find it there. Um, I do. You know any float center that calls me and asks for copies, I send them copies so they can get it there. But yeah, there's multiple ways to get it. And there's even a PDF version on the website that you can order for much cheaper. You're not going to have access to, I mean, you'll have access to the personality charts and whatnot, but you're not able to write it because it's a PDF. But you'll be able to still get a, a lot of the knowledge. And, and the the whole purpose of the journal takes you from zero, zero to hero is kind of what I call it. Zero, I've never floated before. I just heard about floating yesterday type thing to, to hero, I floated a lot. But I, you know, I, I want to have an out-of-body experience, so I need to get over some trauma, and it's not coming to me naturally. So the book talks about techniques on how to kind of deal with all that stuff and move forward. So
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, I wish you much success for the nonprofit, for your for-profit, and for the sale of your book
1: to support your nonprofit. Chris, it was great to talk to you. Thanks, you too.